The Red Room Theater, Episode 83, The Untouchables. Welcome to the Red Room Theater, where we watch movies, we love movies, we were raised by movies. We're your hosts, Ernesto Alaniz. And Antonio Moreno. And every month we look at one of the movies to help raise us up. We're how that movie raised us right and raised us wrong. Today we've got the movie The Untouchables. And how it taught us <laughs> to, to, to be a Stone and not a Williamson. And how awesome it is to put together a squad to whoop some A. Hey! <laughs> So, A. here we go. The Untouchables. The movie drops June 3rd, 1987. Um, we're seven years old. You're six years old. I don't know how or why. Watch this movie all the time. Must have been an HBO thing. Um, we, I've seen it at least ten times as a kid. Um, oh, hell yeah. This movie's amazing, dude. This movie is 89% Rotten Tomatoes. How many, how many years did it take us to realize that was Andy Garcia? We'll get to all that. So... Directed by Brian De Palma, who, not a, I don't love De Palma. Why do work. I know that name? Okay, here we go. You got Carrie, which is a classic. Is it Carrie or Christine? I think Carrie. I think Carrie got the, uh, wait, I think it's Christine is the one he did. It was Brian De Palma. It's Christine. The car? Yeah. Did you watch it one recently? Yeah, not recently. It's on Netflix. All I know is the stinking kid that falls in love with the car is the son from Back to School. It is him, dude! <laughs> <laughs> it is! And another thing, Vonnegut! <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wrote this paper doesn't know the first thing about Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> um, he did Scarface and Carlito's Way. Oh, Carlito's Way is amazing, dude. Scarface with Pacino, dude. I thought that guy was Cuban my whole life. Cuban, um, B. So I was thinking uh, he, he, Carlito is the most Italian dude. Is he Italian in Carlito's way? Yeah. Okay. And then there's Mission Impossible he was in. Um, yeah. Mission Impossible he did, which was a good, was a good movie he directed. So he, he only it. did the first one? Only did the first one. So, the Palmas had some decent movies. And you, you, written by David Mamet, okay? Now, we usually don't mention writers, but I've been a fan of David Mamet for years and years and years. I love what he writes. It, he has a very, his cadence. He knows how to do a stinking uh, car scene, dude. Jeez. His cadence is is so good. Like there's a movie called um, Well, Gunder when Ross is him, House of Games is him, Ronin, The Edge, Heist with Gene Hackman. He, but there's a movie he did called Spartan with with um, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. I remember that. I love that movie. It's a good one, dude. That movie. That's skinny. Uh, skinny Val Kilmer. <laughs> that movie, Val Kilmer. Like there's literally the way Mamet writes that screenplay. He almost Mamet. He almost skips lines. Like the people, there's so much understanding between them. Like they, 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 they don't have to say things. They just like skip whole pieces of dialogue, and it's it's just so well done that I I don't know. I love Mamet's work. So this movie was nominated for a couple Academy Awards, including Best Original Score by Ennio Morricone. Now Ennio Morricone is a great soundtrack guy. Tarantino went and got Ennio Morricone for Hateful Eight. Really? Got him out of retirement for that one movie. Dang. But this guy did a lot of spaghetti westerns. He did uh, what? 
He did the mission? You ever seen the By mission? the way, do you know why they're called Spaghetti Westerns? Because they're filming Italy. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I learned this. I'm like, dang, dude. I'm bringing this to the table. Um, but he, he lost. He lost The Last Emperor. Some, I don't know what that movie is. I don't know. But, Last um, Emperor? Last Emperor is what he lost to for the... You know, I was, I'm thinking for a second, I'm like, Last Samurai, dude? dude. <laughs> no, Cruise? Dude, that was this, badass. This is 87. This is way before that. Um, the plot of this film is very simple. So here we're getting to it, okay? Al Capone is carving up Chicago, okay? And the Treasury Department sends an Elliot Ness. Roadmaps! <laughs> when he's doing the fake Geraldo on UHF. Oh, he's like, my. we were there when he cracked Al Capone's glove box. Roadmaps! Geraldo, <laughs> dude, that was funny crap, dude. <coughs> but uh, speaking of, so Al Capone's destroying Chicago. Elliot Ness is sent in to put him away. And Elliot Ness, in history, goes in there and his group of people are called the Untouchables. They're called that because they wouldn't accept bribes. They're the, the Untouchables. So, oh, yeah, everybody was on the take, dude. Dude. So, the question before we get into it, <laughs> I love how it ends, dude. The judge. Does it hold up? <laughs> Think about Untouchables. If you've never seen this movie before, let me tell you something. First of all, you have a great director, great writer, great soundtrack. Stinking amazing cast. Okay, so you have a lot of things going for Oh, it. dude, the cast is phenomenal. This is a noir film. It has a certain kind of style and feel. Kind of reminds me of Sin City. This hyper-realistic, um, it's just like old, uh, first of all, also, I love mobsters' shoes. I love that, mobsters' suits. Dude, like the mobsters' suits. The that, way they dress, even the, the way the cops dressed is a different look. It's, it's awesome. What year was this? 20s. 20s, okay. Yeah, Before, I was say Prohibition. 20s, 30s, yeah. yep, yep. Um, so I think the movie's fantastic. I love watching it. There's lines and scenes I've been in my head since I was a little boy that have never gone away. So let's jump into this film. First, the cast. Kevin Costner plays Elliot Ness. It's an early movie for him. Um, yeah, he's a young face in this. He plays it. Uh, he plays, he plays, <laughs> Let's do some good, <laughs> dude. He's just a cheesy PG-rated good. Apparently, just was, a good in, guy. Apparently, in history, he was a, he was a family man. That's who he really oh, yeah. was. Um, and they, we portrays him as this family man, this good guy trying to trying to stand against evil in his day. Um, plays the movie pretty good. Now, here's my question to you, Kevin Costner. Not one of my favorites. I like him, but I don't love the guy. You know, what I'm saying like he'll he won't pull me into movies because he's in it. Never has, never will. What do you think your favorite, maybe one or two favorite Kevin Costner films of all time are? Is that even a question? Robin and Prince of Thieves. That is yours, dude. Not, yours? Mine? Yours, fool? That's not mine? That's not your favorite Kevin Costner movie. It's not my favorite Kevin Costner movie. I dare movie. you to tell me one better than that. I'm not saying it's better. I'm saying I enjoy it more as a person. You're crazy. You're a liar. Dude, I listen, don't even know what it is yet. I love, I don't know why, I love Tin Cup. That was called? Yeah, with Cheech Moran. Yes! And Don Johnson? Yeah, that movie was badass. And Rene Russo? That was a badass movie. That last scene where he he keeps on shooting the ball in the the water, I sat there going, he's an idiot, and I really like him. (laughs) Dude, I don't know why. And and he did a lot of those sports movies. I don't like most of those sports movies. That's a great one, dude. 
I love Tin Cup. I don't know why. I just when they do, they bet that money that he's going to shoot through the bar and knock the pelican off the, the post. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. That was a badass movie, dude. Um, That's not a great movie, but it's a, it's not a great movie. I'm I really enjoy it. But Bravo Prince of Thieves is also up there. But I I like Kevin Costner. I tell you what was the worst movie. What Waterworld was the worst movie when it first came out? That was like the biggest budget movie of all time. Of all time. It was so wack. Listen, watching it again, though, the effects are because they're all real effects. It still looks great. Like when those they take those. It, look, I guarantee you, it looks better than I Am Legend does. I just watched that on the movie on no. TV, and it is bad. Bro. It's that dated. The Man, effects. it's dated. Bro. I watched Air Force One, and that last scene when the plane crashes looks terrible. Oh, I'm sure it is CGI video game nonsense. Yeah, Kevin Costner's Elliot Ness, and he plays. What's crazy is he he's good, but as an actor, when you get like a role to sink your teeth in and just go nuts, that's remembered more. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like Nicholson's Joker almost eclipses Keaton's Batman because the Joker goes so nuts. It does. It and Batman's gotta hold that yeah. like stinking um Heath Ledger's Joker overshadows Aaron Eckhart's Two Face, even though he was great as Two Face. Dude, it totally destroys Christian Bale's Batman. And he, he was, and that guy was good in that too. He was. Um, but I love when his second billing gets a, gets the top honors, dude. Oh. Then you have. I'm gonna go Andy Garcia next as George Stone. Okay, now, Andy Garcia is a smaller actor. Never ever had his big. You know his big breakup was supposed to be. He was supposed to blow up in The Godfather Part Three. But then I heard Godfather Part Three sucked. Listen, Garcia's fine in it. He is. But stinking Coppola's daughter burns that movie to the ground. She is, like, the plot of the movie isn't great. Should I watch this movie just to say Listen, I watched it? The first half hour is good. The last, the last 20 three. minutes is, is it, the last scene is incredible. The, the last two minutes are awesome, okay? But when she enters into the movie, when Sophie Coppola enters in, it's just like, went bam, bam, bam. She is. It's literally like it, it's worse. Has she been than, in anything else? No, I don't think so. Ooh, she directed some of my least favorite movies of all time, like Lost in Translation. <laughs> oh, she's like super artistic. Yeah. Oosh. The Virgin Suicides was her too. Uh, Marie Antoinette with Kristen Dunst. All these. Jeez, I'm telling you, dude, artsy fartsy. Like I was raised in Hollywood, and it's like uh, armpit hair on a woman. Dude. <laughs> I can't, even, I can't say that no more. <laughs> Devito likes it. <laughs> What's his name? Um, in Get Shorty. Oh, 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 what is his name in that movie? I can't remember. He's like, he's like, he is Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first of all, he would be a great Napoleon. He would be the best Napoleon ever, dude. I don't know if they've made that movie yet. Oh. Okay. Um, Devito, uh, dude. Garcia, Godfrey Three. His part, he's supposed to be um, Pacino from part one. You're supposed to see him enter into the family, take it over eyes How up. How old is he when he does Godfather 3? He's got to be like 28, 29. Really? Good looking dude. And he, he, he loves you know, uh, Pacino in the film. And it just... Yeah. He is fantastic in The Mule. Fan, dang it! I gotta see this movie. In the mule, bro. He's that good. Oh my gosh, he's so good. Maybe my favorite turns for for Garcia 
he's wonderful in Ocean's, Ocean's 11. Oh, yeah. All three. He's, he's great, dude. He's so good. Dude, his Ocean's 12, the first two-thirds are great. That last Ocean's third. Ocean's 12 jumps the shark The hard, last, dude. last, the, it's, dude, the Bruce it's, Willis, Judy Roberts comedic, stuff. It's dude. Like, it's stupid. What? But listen, that opening. Then Super Dave's got to save the day, dude. Like, jeez. <laughs> that, that, it is, is that? Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Super Dave Osborne, bro. Dude, I forgot. That's unbelievable. It jumps the shark, dude. Uh, <laughs> dude, um, but Steakin. Steakin uh, in Ocean's 12, the opening, Garcia, is the best part of the movie. It's awesome. He's going. Oh, my gosh. My favorite is when he goes to the comedy club, dude. Oh. And the guy's bombing hard. Mom. Mom. Mother. And he's like, he's like, I appreciate you not interrupting my set. He's like, what can I say? You're a funny guy. Dude, that is amazing. Dude, Matt When Damon, he goes to the wedding. Dude. The wedding dinner, dude. The rehearsal dinner. He's like, I want to say something. Then the thing hits his hand. He goes, looks over, and he's, he's looks like, down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, dude. It's it is that. That is amazing. He that sequence that is horrifying. It is. It's dude. it's like, it's dude. They're those guys are cussing in the stinking recording booth, and then it, they, what's that piano? They turn the lights on because he played piano. He's like. Oh, <laughs> no, they let, no, that's what they let through. It beeps all through. They let the F-bomb drop at the very end. Perfect timing. It's, it's hilarious, dude. Um, but Garcia, so he's great. Oh, she's 11, 10, 11, 12, 13. Um, <laughs> it's really, really good. He's got some good ones. Um, dude, I think all four of these guys have three great movies. Garcia is in Stand and Deliver. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Who's this playing standing? He's a small role in the back, but he's in it. Really? Yep. He's also Edward James almost. Yes. He's in it. Oh crap. He's also in When a Man Loves a Woman with Meg Ryan. You ever see that one? No, is that good? She's an alcoholic. She burns their life down and he won't give up on her, dude. It's brutal. Because usually you see the the woman, the the bad man. He will not. She's burning her life down, destroying, hurting the kids, hurting everybody, and he won't. It's it's a brutal film to watch. Dang, dude. Then he's also in that that Tarantino wannabe film, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. That's a badass movie, though. I love. He that. is fantastic. You want to talk about another awesome cast? Oh, like all these small B Stephen guys, but Doc, together. dude, Brown. Dude. Ooh, a dropsy, dude. Ooh, yeah. I know, dude. Um. Steakin, the end, the, the, the idea, who's the villain in that? Christopher Walken. In Pull the it wheelchair. Out. Pull it out. Suck my dead D. You're just like, oi. He's evil in that movie, oh, dude. He's horrible. Um, but Garcia in this film plays an attack. George Stone. He's a young, uh, fresh in the Hungry. Academy. Yeah, but great shot. Just a, um Italian, dude. Like, Oh, he's awesome. Street. He's street in this movie. There's a scene. Listen, spoiler alert. We're going to ruin the movie, okay? If you, first of all, if you're not seeing the Untouchables, turn off the, this podcast. What the crap are you doing? Listen, this is a classic gangster film. Like, De Palma is literally known for his gangster movies. I mean, this and Scarface and Carlito's Way are really, there's money makers he's ever made in his life. Those are the ones he's made, okay? Mm. This film is Chicago, it's Prohibition, it's Al Capone. 
this is a, it's a great movie, dude. Some there's some great sequences and sh there's some shots in this movie that are so famous they've been parodied 30 years later. Like I think Scary Movie did the stinking train sequence. They did the um the baby baby carriage. That's a 30 year old movie. Yeah. They're still they're, they're doing the parody that late. Is that Loaded Weapon they did it in or is that that Scary Movie they do it? In? They do it in one of those parodies. Yeah, yeah, it's um. But um, it's 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 easy. It's fun to parody, actually. But it's still a great sequence. Um, that scene's insane. We'll get dude. to it. Um, at NEOC is great. Uh, there's a scene when they find Sean Connery's character gunned down, and he's an Italian. And Italians are like Mexicans. They're emotional men. Like uh, Costner is, he plays the, the normal family white guy really well. But Italians, they they weep like we weep. Mm -hmm. And he, the, you see him. It, the, sh the shots on. Connery and Costner. But if you look at Garcia in the side, he is breaking down like an Italian man would. And it is unbelievable acting. One of my favorite scenes is when they take the picture together. And they have that picture. Like, in real life, I guarantee they all have that picture. Heck yes, you'd have Dude, that Dude, that's such an awesome picture, man. But don't use it for the newspaper. This is just for us. I love that. Garcia is fantastic. He just this young, proud, hungry recruit. Wants to do some good in the world. Then you got, I'm going to go into, um, we'll go into Sean Connery next. Sean Connery wins the Academy Award for this film, for Best Supporting Actor. This may be my quintessential Sean Connery film. Oh, man. This, this is this I mean, is I know role, James dude. Bond is awesome. Um, he's, he's, I, some people, Indiana Jones is their Sean Connery movie. Con Air. <laughs> no, the Rock. The dude. Rock, whatever. It's all the same movie. Like, if you're a 90s kid, The Rock's probably your Sean Connery movie. Yeah. But for me, this is my... I just want to know if you like your hair. <laughs> <laughs> dude, actually, that scene, The Rock, the rock when, he, when he goes to shake his hand, dude. And he, puts and he the throws him off. <laughs> that, I literally... That was dope, dude. I, I, I like, flinched. I'm like, oh, your shoulder going to suck. Oh, oh yeah. It, it would hurt so oh, bad. By all your weight on that. Just, and the way it bounced off that, Oy. dude. That's a it's dude. Um, but sneaking, uh, Sean Connery's had some like in our my generation. I remember when I was a, I was in Bible college and three church ladies came to see me up at, at Bible college, uh, Tommy and Mrs. Kim, and they all came up and took me to go see Entrapment. And it's thinking old Why Sean. Why would Connor, they take you they to see? They thought Sean Connor was thinking hot to trot, dude. And they didn't realize Catherine Zeta Jones was too, boy. Dude, that movie was. I'm with three ladies, and there's a sequence in the lasers. Where the lasers? Oh, I know, I know the lasers. Dude, I sat there, like, like mouth open, dude. Like I was like, like watch, like. You're like, that's what yoga pants are. <laughs> dude, <laughs> that movie started a whole trend. It um, did, dude. <laughs> but. Um, that might have been some people's Sean Connery, you know? For me, my Sean Connery is always going to be this role. Yes. He's the mentor. He's a stinking Irish beat cop, dude. First of all, his accent apparently is horrific. I love it still. It's just Sean Connery trying to do an Irish, uh, Irish yeah, Chicago so accent, funny, and it's just a mess. But he is he's, 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 he's wise. He's extremely quotable. I mean, it's, I've seen, Oh, every other line you can dude, quote. Mom has quoted Sean Connery's lines to me. Stinking... I used to, in high school, I had a knife. It was like a green, green handle with a black middle, and it was a switch. You, you flip it open. It's a normal okay, yeah, yeah, thumb, yeah. 
action. And I'd, I was told by a guy at work at all those, I think Mike Strickland told me, he had a, or George told me he had, a, he had to work it like 500 times to get that blade action with the way he wanted. So I'd always just flip it in and out at home to get the blade nice. When I come home and it's gone, and I'm like, Mom, where's my knife? She took it away. So I'm like, why? She's like, and she was being funny. She's like, she's like, she's like, because you're a dumb Mexican and you'd bring a knife to a gunfight. And I was like, oh! <laughs> Dang! Took, took my knife, though. I never got it back. I, I love that knife. Well, she probably knew your dumb ass was going to take it somewhere <laughs> and get shot. But, uh, so, Sean Connery in this role is incredible. Then you got De Niro's Al Capone. Man, he's evil, dude. He's in, what, four scenes in this movie? He's in four scenes. Really? He's not much, dude. He's in a baseball and every scene. scene he's in is a classic. And for this movie, he gains like 30, 40 pounds. Yeah, he's big in this. The movie opens with him getting a shave. What an opening. Him laying down, the guy lathering him up. And, dude, apparently it was, it was real in Chicago. Like, uh, stinking, the press would hang around his hotel and ask him. Because the press loved him. He was like this... Um, Fame, like, he's infamous. Yeah. But the public kind of liked the bad boy, the criminal, the guy the cops couldn't get. You know what I'm saying? It was, I, I don't know if anything like that in our modern world where a criminal gets that level of fame. Maybe Manson? I mean, Manson. It's different, got, though. It's uh, different. But people, like, people, newspapers always be there. He always, he always, like, talk to him and make him laugh. Well, that's the thing. He was giving them time because well, he, he was enjoying the fame. He, it was weird. He was truly infamous. His evilness made him famous. Evil, villainous, murderous, El Guapo. <laughs> infamous, now, it means all, the, all that you said. This movie has historical background. Who is Al Capone? In our modern day, the cartels from Mexico are bringing illegal drugs over, like fentanyl and, you know, seeking heroin. And all this is coming over from over, under, and even marijuana, but it's, Colorado are certain you know, marijuana sales coming over. But back in the, in, in the day, in the Prohibition era... How many years was booze illegal? Dude, I think like three, maybe two. No shit? It's not long, dude. And the stinking mobs were that crazy Dude, with think it? about Americans and alcohol. Alcohol in America is like guns in America. You know what I'm saying? It's part of the American ethos. I mean, you're going to take my uh, Miller Lite from my cold, dead hand, folks. <laughs> <laughs> People standing up, wiping a tear from their eye. He's the me. guy. He's the guy. <laughs> Vote Marino. 2020. <laughs> What's your platform? I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let the left take away your right. <laughs> To get drunk and go to church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot, dude. Um, but, uh, dude, there was a group of... Uh, That's unbelievable they made... I still can't believe they made booze. Apparently, there's these... these uh, what were they called? Like There's these women, Christian women groups, that really push for it. Because a lot of women... They did in the 20s, okay? So men worked, women at home, at home. And the men would come home and have a drink. Every day. Men would drink, and all, a lot of men would come home, especially Irishmen and Scotsmen, all these. Italians. They, Italians. They beat their wives, dude. It was part of the American rule of thumb, dude. It's, there it is, dude. I like, know. Like, you can, like, and so these women are like, our men are bad. Did you ever realize what that tattoo on that lesbian's neck says on Boondock Saints? No. I learned this from the special features. <laughs> 
You know, she gives him, she, she yeah. hates him right off the yeah. bat. Her neck says, Untouched by Man. I've seen that, yes. <laughs> I saw that, Untouched by Man, dude. Wait, rule of thumb? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to give me trouble. Um, but uh, Steakin, to uh, women, Christian temperance you groups. You can't stop no woman from shopping. It's like women's temperance groups. Temperance, what it's called. And they mobilized, and they leveraged their husbands, and they got this law Wait, passed. Wait, they could vote? No. <laughs> so stupid. Listen, listen. We're not. We we are. Listen, between all them dishes and all them sandwiches, how are they gonna get this pushed through, dude? <laughs> yeah. Listen, I am for women's suffrage. Okay. Um, women's what? Suffrage, the right to vote. Oh. <laughs> I'm for women's suffering at the hand of my drunkenness. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. 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 Listen. Listen. I'm on. obviously kidding. <laughs> Like the Red Rum Theater's got a ton of women fans anyway, dude. <laughs> we got four, and they love us, dude. Um, but you think, so... Foods to start with the letter Q. <laughs> so they get it passed, and it they literally amend the Constitution. Yeah, even in that word, amend, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't a women the Constitution for... <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's amendments like 21 and 22, something like that. It's like literally alcohol is illegal. The next one is alcohol is legal. Like what? It's the, the, the two in a row. In the Constitution, there's two amendments. In a row? <laughs> <laughs> they are making it illegal, making it legal again. And the thing is, we haven't amended it very many times. It takes, it takes three quarters or two thirds of the whole Senate and House together. Yeah, too bad the whole House is getting drunk. How are they passing it? <laughs> No, you know what I'm saying the house, the house and the Senate. But uh, sneak in. Well, no, she. Uh, you know they're all a bunch of booze hounds. Probably, but it, when they make it illegal, people still want to get a drink. You know what I'm saying? Oh, first dude, he even. Think said how it. many bars are in a, the world, and all of a sudden you cancel liquor. Think gonna, what are they gonna do? What do they do? So Fago. So they buy it illegally. And people, what happens is people are fighting over who controls selling it. Like, who's going to be the guy bringing the booze in? So guys start fighting one another, and they fight just like the gangs do, just like the cartels do. If you seek so it, get in our way, we buy off the police, we buy off the judges. If you get in my way, you're going to kill you and your family. What do you say? I want him dead. I want his family dead. You know, he, you, he's like, I want his house burnt to the ground. Like he just, dude, he, brutal. The opening sequence of this film is so powerful. Oh my He's, God. He says, he says, I'm from Southside Chicago. We have a saying down there. You get further with a handshake and a gun, just with a handshake. Who did what? You get further with a handshake and a gun, yeah. which is a handshake. And then he goes, and listen, me and my men don't use violence. It's bad for business. In the next scene, it just, it just slam cuts. Yeah. To that, that little coffee shop, the guy doesn't want to buy alcohol, doesn't want to sell alcohol. And Nitty is over there in the corner in the white suit. What a dog, dude. And leaves it. And the girl's getting milk for a mom. a villain, though. Oh, great villain. Uh, Even their cars were awesome. Man, and those suits. The suits. That guy wore white suit because he wanted you to know, I'm a yeah. pimp. Yep. I'm above the law. I don't give a hat. rip. Yep. Um, the Tommy guns, man. Holy cow. And stinking, the little girl grabbed that suitcase like, Mr. Mr. And Brutal, dude. What an that, opening. That's sick, yeah. That, that. And that people get caught in the crossfire of the gang wars. 
Mm-hmm. Prohibition. And do, I have friends. I'm gonna ask you, this, this is a, let's, let's, let's do it, dude. I have friends of mine who believe you should, you should legalize all the drugs, all of them. You, you cut the cartel's legs off. Don't got to sit and try to police. You create clinics where you got to go take heroin and get high. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I've heard life. friends of mine fight and say, make it all legal. Make all of it, like, pass USDA, like, um, what do you call it? USDA. So there's no fentanyl in it, so it doesn't kill people. He goes, if you do that, he says it'll be less addiction and less ODs. I don't think he's right, dude. I think he's stupid. <laughs> do I know this person? You do know him. I'm going to punch him in the eye, dude. <laughs> it's your new, it's, it's the, your new man crush. Tony's face is just in shock right now. You don't have to say. Well, where would he go when he has a problem then? <laughs> <laughs> Who's he going to lead worship for? Oh, shoot. Everybody? Dude. But That's stupid, dude. I think so, too, because alcohol is legal, but we abuse alcohol as a people. Are you, a, are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> I'm just saying. We're not Americans. We're not good at moderation. If alcohol was a woman, I'd be Ike Turner. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's your teacher. He's trying to help Tony. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, holy cow, dude. Bumper sticker. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just kidding, Swanson. But uh, Steakin. So, jeez, uh, dude. Um. Alcohol becomes illegal. Place goes nuts. Capone rules Chicago. Capone is... I didn't realize all this Canadian stuff was because of all the stinking... All the whiskey coming from Canada. Mm-hmm. Canadian whiskey. Straight up. And if it's Chicago, it's closer than stinking Mexico. Yeah, yeah, it is. Go up there, grab it, bring it down in barrels. Um, <laughs> man, the Mountie scene, dude. Dude, those guys are idiots. So many amazing scenes, man. So, great cast. Also, some great sequences in this film. Uh, a couple great ones is the De Niro baseball bat scene. Now, um, the worst sound I've ever heard in my life. The speech is a beautiful speech. It's amazing, dude. I'm like, that's true. That's like, uh, uh, it should be every boardroom. It's a sermon illustration. It's great. It, it really is. Like, and the way he delivers it, dude, forget masterful. about it. And isn't Capone truly was charismatic like that? He was a, like a lovable guy. Well, he was he was followed, man. He was like adored by everybody. So, but he was also feared like crazy. So Capone, remember the face of that guy that cut him when he was shaving him? The fear in his face, dead, dude. And he looks at him like, and he's like, like, oh my gosh, that was that was so. I was so nervous watching so that. So Capone, that scene, the boardroom, the boardroom scene is is fiction. It didn't happen, but. There are three recorded instances of Capone using baseball bats on his own people. What? In public. So this scene is fiction, but it's based on real events within his organization. Oh, my gosh. That scene, though, because that guy, first of all. Team. Team. Holy cronies, dude. Holy yes men nodding their head. just, And that's one of the biggest tables I've seen in my entire life. That table is gigantic. It's crazy. Like, what, where's a room in the world that big with that level of table in it? There had to be, what, 30 chairs or 40 chairs huge. on the table? It was huge. A circle table. Yeah. Jeez. 
That was so messed up, dude. When he it still gets and me to this no day. one sees it coming. They're all like, "It's a speech. It's us." And he wrecks that guy. And he not just one hit, dude. The, his anger, he hits him like three, four times. The blood, dude, when the camera goes up above yeah, and the music sick. comes in, that's the blood sick, is just. Dude. It, it's, a, it, it, it's a beautiful shot, though. And the music, yeah. dun, dun, and just slow. Oh, blood sleeping. Well, it kind of introduces you to who he is. This is who Capone is. Um, I love that scene. Ugh. And the classic scene is a Union Station scene. With Kevin Costner, Garcia, guys. You gotta go from the beginning right to the end. Well, what do you got? We got great scenes. The Mounties, dude. It's a great the scene's scene. amazing. That's when uh, when our boy, the accountant, gets his action, his first real action. Growing up, it was weird because you loved the accountant growing up. Because he had glasses, dude. That's why. You're right. You're right. Like, and of course, I like Kasha because I wanted to be the leader. Please, you're <laughs> the cool kids, KK. <laughs> <laughs> What did Andres still say to you, dude? Dude. Uh, yeah, I'm a nerd. Never-ending radical dude. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, I'd go see my cousins. And I, <laughs> and I was a nerd. I wasn't cool. Was? I, listen. Now I, it's cool to be a nerd. I was not cool at all. Oh, man. You, you were it was bad. role-playing. You came up with your own role-playing games. Shut up, dude. I'm glad LARPing wasn't a thing. Dude, I would have been in it. Oh, you would have had a cape and everything, dude. <laughs> This one would have had a crown, dude. We had jewels. Now you want to run around a broomstick like I'm playing Quidditch. Oh, dude. You would have too, man. LARPing. There's, there are Quidditch teams in major cities in America. Who? Quidditch is very hot. Harry Potter. You brought a broomstick and it's a magical game in oh, Harry I Potter. I know people that would okay. do it. People like play, play the game. And listen, you can't play a magical game in the real world. You're running around. like You're, you're literally, you're like sticking um, Billy, you're on Happy Gilmore. You're uh you're riding the bull, dude. <laughs> or or let's, let's think in... Yeah, yeah, right. Let's go more. I was going to say, I'm thinking Billy Madison's Hey, Mr. Penguin. <laughs> no. Like, people ride a broomstick and, like, play like... It, I mean, it's the goofy looking crap. Listen. Role I, models. I, I, that movie yeah. is incredible. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. <gasps> oh, my God. So, I, uh, I go to Texas to see my cousins, and I'm not cool, and they're making fun of me, and my cousin always called me a nerd, and one time, I, my big uh, comeback. You probably worked a whole year for this one. <laughs> we looking, went every year. I took the acronym out on paper. Like I'm like, he's like, you're a nerd. I'm like, yeah, I'm a nerd. A never-ending radical dude. <laughs> dude. To this day, my cousin just turned 40, and he still says that. When we go over there, dude. <laughs> Someday, I'm going to get like a, a Rolex, and I'm going to be like, Rolex, shut your mouth, dude. I don't. You call me a nerd all the time, dude. You're still not gonna win, dude. I know, dude. <laughs> I'm like Eddie Murphy. Look at his watch. <laughs> um, never-ending radical, dude. Oh my gosh. What are the great scenes in this film? Okay, the scene when they go up to Canada, and they know who they're looking for, and it's like uh, the Mounties mess up. They mess it up terribly. So bad. They're trying to like. Lead the charge, and they just they mess it up. So they got to spring into action, horseback style, and they ch go charging the cars on horseback. Dude. It's awesome. It's amazing, and there's they're, they're the music's huge. great. Even that that the, this guy, he's he's um, what's the accountant's name? Can't remember his name. He is. If you've ever seen the Buddy Holly story with Gary Busey, mm -hmm. this guy plays the drummer. He does, and he's amazing in that movie. And he really plays the drums. That's awesome. And um, he's a nerd. He, he pushes papers. He's an accountant for the FBI. Well, 
he is very good at what he does. So Kevin Costner brings him on. And he's probably never shot a gun since the Academy. Um, he's part of the crew, though. And he stands with his boys. He go, he's, he's on a horse with shooting guns, fighting guys. I mean, it's amazing. And uh, my favorite scene is with him is his gun jams. Or no, his gun runs out of bullets, and the guy he's fighting is gun jams. Yes. So he, he buffalo charges the dude and takes him out with his gun, pistol whips him. Well, there's bullet holes in the stinking barrels. When you're a kid, you don't realize those barrels are full of whiskey. So the whiskey's just pouring on the ground. He's sweating, just got done beating this dude down. Looks over, looks back, looks forth. Kind of like when somebody tells a black joke. <laughs> he's looking over his shoulder, looking around. And then he stinking puts his hand out and he starts drinking the whiskey. And he's like, ah. <laughs> it's so awesome, dude. That was a potent stuff he's drinking. Oh, oh my gosh, dude. In barrels, still from Canada, dude. Man, that that scene when he interrogates the uh, the guy that's already dead—it's incredible. Oh my god, I don't approve of your methods. <laughs> um, the one of the lines when he finally gets Chuck Connery to go with him, he asks him the question. He's like, he's like, you want to get Capone? He's like, what does he say? Um, if he, what does he say? I don't want to open the line. But the end, he goes, put one of yours in the hospital, put one of his in the morgue, and that well, he's was. He's got some speeches. I mean, there's a great lot and. Man, I love Sean Connery in this. Dude, you know, Sean Connery's death scene is a great scene. Horrible. Because the, they're doing it with the opera back and forth, the yeah. music, and Capone's like crying watching the opera. And then it shows him drinking with that dude. The stinking guy looks like Ryan Pyle, dude. <laughs> what's, the, what's, what's the famous line from Pi Africa? Oh, um, what's the... Used to be the, the tagline all the time. You see pilot, there's a line you say. You down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Steakin, the music, and he, what's crazy is, is he has mercy on the robber. He doesn't kill, he runs him out. He's like, I'm going to run this guy out of my apartment. I'm not going to kill him because I'm a good man. Yeah, but Steakin. And an idiot's right there. Dude, that, I mean, as a kid, that scene break, broke my heart, oh. dude. It's brutal. And <laughs> they. Who, who was I talking to? I was talking, oh, Henry, I was talking about Untouchable. And I was talking about how awesome Sean Connery. He goes, "Man, he's only the only reason he's awesome in that movie because he never dies. <laughs> he's like he just takes it forever. Okay, he he's like bleeding out all dude, over. He gets the shot like thirteen foot. It's nasty. It's brutal, dude. Dude, it's a great death scene, dude. I love when he's on the bridge when he first meets Sean Connery or first meets Kevin Costner, and he's like, um, he knows he's got a gun, and he's like, he says he's a treasury officer. So he turns his back to him and he goes." What's your name? What's your badge number? And he's like, it's right here. And he's pointing at it with his nice stick. And he's like, how did you know that I was um, what I said I was? And he goes, anybody uh, who claims to be that, or who would lie about claiming to be that? Yeah. Like a treasury officer. Like, he knew he was telling the truth. And that was the first. How, did he, how does he find him again? He just sees his badge number, his name, and looks him up. Oh, okay. Why is he still a beat cop? Because he... He said, "Because he's against authority too much." He he's like he's like doing he he is he is, um, what's his name? Uh, stinking Gary Oldman, in Batman Begins, he plays Commissioner Gordon. He's Gordon in Gotham, is what he is. He's a clean cop in a crooked city, and you're never gonna get put a go. You're never gonna go forward. You gotta his boy. That's the like the chief or what? Uh, yeah, they fight. It's a great. That's fight. amazing, dude. A dirty fight, dude. Oh yeah. 
They're dogs. They're both old school, dude. Dude, dude. I mean, grabbing crap. Oh yeah. Oh, picking yeah. up the cojones. Those are things you don't do in fights, but you do. In uh, Chicago, you do. Shoot. Um, Chicago's still rowdy, man. Chicago's dude, a tough. The Todd father told me he watched watch a fight, um, and literally he just wa- it was a big old brawl in the street out of bar. Todd said he just watched cops walk up. Crack him with a nightstick and just drag yep. him out, yep. line him up. Make it a pile, a pile of bodies. Yep. Yeah. I've just heard crack about him that. back in the head with a stick and nightstick. That's nasty. You, you could kill someone doing that. No, dude. Oof. You guys the sound? Dude, when I, my first year living in Chicago, I was at Bob, Moody Bible Institute going to school. First year, I'm there a month, and there's a, there's a, a, a demonstration. There's a police station kitty corner from the school. There's a demonstration, and they're against the cops. They're there protesting the police, police brutality. And so it's all African American. And they tell the students, all the students, you can't leave. So I'm going to leave. Someone's like, you can't leave. And I'm like, you can't leave. I'm fine because I'm not white. Yeah. So I, I just walk out and they're fine because it's like it's a black-white thing, you know. But what happened was in the Cabrini Green, the projects, candy, a Candyman style. I hear you looking for Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. You remember that scene, yeah. dude? Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Steakin, I walk out. And apparently, this kid had stabbed a cop, like a cop kid, kid, teenager, 15, 16. Cop, the guy pulls a switchblade, stabs a cop, cop pulls his gun, shoots the guy in the face. And the community said he should have shot him in the shoulder, should have shot him in the, like, should have done non lethal force. You stabbed me, I'm shooting you in the face. (laughs) Dude! But I'm saying, in Chicago, this cop got stabbed, shot a guy in the face. Well, I don't hate him. I'm moving on. Um, so, what would you do if somebody stabbed you and you got a gun? If someone stabbed me, somebody's gonna stab me again. And I'm gonna <sighs> listen. I'm not a cop. I don't know. I've never, hopefully, these guys are trained better than I'm. I'm if someone goes in my house, I'm gonna assume they're gonna kill me. I'm gonna see and try to put a hatchet between their eyes, boy. That dang straight. Twice. Mom, I told you not to surprise me. <laughs> Dude, I got a buddy of mine. But then again, we live in Flint, Holmes. We ain't living in Waterford. That's true. Now. The Union Station scene at the end of this film is one of the classics. It is a classic scene, dude. It, 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 movies, I don't know how they forgot to do this. You gotta build tension. I'm telling you, the tension and the way that the, the quietness and the, I mean, the it, scene it, just slowly it, unfolds. Watching the, the cops look at all the different scenarios that are happening. They're watching everybody. It's, are it's, you the bad guy? Are you the bad guy? It's, you got random sailors there. I mean, you got. Uh, single mom with the baby. You got uh, the one dude that looks like a suspect, but he's there to see his wife. It's crazy, and they're trying to figure out who's who because they're there to get the bookkeeper. Oh Modern films, there's no subtlety. There's no patience. And they give it all away in the previews. Ah! So, Steakin, he goes to be a gentleman and help this woman get her because she's a single mom, two sick kids and a baby. Helps her bring the kid up the stinking Union Station stairs. Dude, they, I've been at station. I've been at station. It's awesome. Standing there, I'm like... The step's insane. I'm like, this is the Untouchables. This is where it was filmed. Right here. It's so awesome. Oh, I didn't think about that like, Being there, I'm like, this was where that great scene was filmed. I was going to like do the stinking Eddie Garcia slide to see if it works, dude. Yeah, you <laughs> bust that booty, dude. That'd be so funny. But uh, he's helping us go bring a, the carriage up. And then... The people he's waiting for it arrive, right? He's almost at the top. And he's got the bodyguards with him, dude. And the one guy is the guy he punched earlier. After, after, yeah, after, and his nose is still smashed. After Malone, is, and Malone yep. sees him. And, dude, that shotgun blast, he blows that guy up, dude. Crazy, he turns, dude. And then it's a gunfight, and he lets the baby go, and it starts going down the stinking 
stairs. And it's, it slows it down. So you can see everyone, the players. The bullets going through the stinking carriage and everything. Sailor's getting man. shot randomly between. Insane. That scene that shot, insane. Garcia takes between. Like, he's far away. Still, he stops between two pillars. Shoots a guy. Dude, it is crazy. That scene's amazing. And it ends with Steakin Garcia he, he running up. Slide. Catches the he, it, it slides. Slides. That's throws another, that, the gun. That's another cool thing about the, the clothing that they wear. It's just shit. Yes. You're just gonna slide, dude. He slides the gun in the air. Catches the Oh yeah, he throws the gun. Kasha's out of oh, grabs it, dude. Man. And then he dude, it's it is great, dude. He stops the, and he gets the shot. Yes! Insane. Amazing. Dude, listen. Future filmmakers of the world, bring back surprise. A movie should be like a finger. I didn't expect it, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> Shock value for Ernesto. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say, Tony. I don't even know. You're so stupid, I can't even believe it, dude. I know it. <laughs> Listen, how old are you? You're 37? 37, hey, baby. Hey, three years, you're going to like it, dude. Stick in gorilla knuckles coming up there. And I'm going to say, hey, next up, wear the class ring, player. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you win the Super Bowl? Oh! <laughs> You gotta relax. I'm like, oh, I'm trying. <laughs> hey, did I say two? Better make it three. <laughs> Hell! <laughs> well, um, <laughs> Dang, three years. I gotta. Oh man, dude. And every every like five years, you gotta go in for that, dude, to make sure everything's running right, man. But um, oh my gosh, so great sequence. Now, um, some history for you. Just a history about these characters. Ness. Apparently, after the... Ness, apparently, his life ended in, in not in glamour, but kind of in lameness. He really? becomes a drunk. Remember the last line of the movie? What do you do now that they repeal uh, Prohibition? I'm going to have a drink. Dude, he becomes a drunk. And, like, he, he, goes, to, he goes to Cleveland, and uh, he's sneaking... Um, he goes, he goes to Cleveland? Has a few more adventures there. He... he he starts internal affairs. Ness does. Really? Yeah. In cops uh, investigating cops. Yes. Oosh. Yeah. Not so. He's the worst nightmare then. So Ness, his life doesn't. He, he, when he dies, he he gets a three sentence obituary in like the paper, a three paragraph. Does he mention Chicago and Capone? Does he mention it? Really? When he dies. Now Capone gets eleven years of tax evasion, straight up eleven years. Goes to Alcatraz. For 11 years. Are you serious? Yes. What's the guard from So I Married Next for? I love Vicky. Oh, Vicky. I love Vicky. <laughs> oh. Ness is a guard? And they pissed in his ocular cavities. Ooh. <laughs> uh. um, but, uh, sneaking Taking turns. Pissing in the bitch. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Um, he... Goes to prison for 11 years and he has syphilis. And his mind, he loses his mind in prison. His mind, syphilis. What did he go to prison for? The tax, tax evasion, tax evasion. That's just the movie says, tax evasion, why he goes to prison. Oh, oh you're talking about Capone. He goes to tax, tax, uh, prison, he tax evasion. Syphilis and... He said before he goes, he has before he goes from all the hookers, I guess. 
and Stika, and he goes, mind, loses his mind, gets out of prison, goes to Florida, dies a few years later because his body is a shell. Dies at 48 years old, Capone does. A, a, a nobody. He did 11? Did 11 years. For taxes. For taxes. That stinking dude got him, man. They got him. I mean, you got to get him on something, dude. Every judge and every cop's paid off. I tell you, if there's one person you can't pay off, it's the IRS. And if you pay him off, it's because of your old bag taxes. <laughs> Ask Wesley Snipes how the IRS feels. Oh, man. Oosh. Now, before we get into the racist wrong, racist right, Patreon is awesome. And I want to thank all of you that support us on Patreon. Um, if you want to support us, you go to patreon.com slash redrumthetray. Three levels. You can give a dollar level. You can vote for our movie every month, which is awesome. Great, great. people voting, getting in fights. I love it. Um, if you have $5 a month, we send you a little swag bag full of, like, we got, I just printed off just now. We have, like, stickers for your car, bookmarks and pens and buttons, all kinds of cool goodies nice. coming to your house. If you're a $5 subscriber, just know we're packing the boxes this month to get them all out to everybody. So we got a lot of people to mail them out to, so it's coming to you pretty quickly. If you get $10 level, if you want to support the show, you want to say, listen, I, I love the show. I believe in it. Give 10 bucks a month. Every time we put out new design, you get the new design, either in, like, a coffee mug a T-shirt, a beanie, whatever. Now listen, for those guys who signed up in the last two months, our new design's coming out this month. I just got back from the store, pricing out all the goodies. I'm getting it all made right now. It'll be mailed out before the end of February. You have goodies coming. So those of you who support the show at the $10 level or more, we're hooking you up with some free swag coming at you in February because you help make keep the lights keep, you keep the lights on. And here's what you do. Right now we're at $76 a month given to the podcast, keeping the lights on. When we get to 100, so like 24 more dollars, if you listen, give a dollar a month. Give a buck a month. 24 of our 1,000 listeners gave a dollar a month. When we hit $100 a month, we're bringing the podcast back to twice monthly. A month's a long time to wait for a show. It's a month, dude. I'm pretty excited to wait another month. <laughs> but if you guys do 100... We'll do two a month for you, and that's bad to the bone. I can't believe we went so long doing one every week. That's insane. It was a lot of work, dude. Jeez. So, if you want to do that, help us expand a new territory, become a, a official patron of the podcast for swag, more swag, voting privileges, all kinds of awesome. Nothing but the swag. Okay. Raise us right. Here we go. First, we'll say this real quick. Don't be a Williams, be a Stone. Now, here's the deal. There's this great sequence in the film. Williamson? Williamson. There's this great sequence in the film. They go looking for the best shooter. It's like, wait, two guys are best shooters, and they call the first guy. Remember that guy he calls? Oh, yeah. Williamson? Redhead McGee. Red, dude, Redhead McGee, and he is just the most... He's a just nerd, man. He's, he's nervous. He can't talk right. He's just like, he's like uh, stuttering over himself. It is embarrassing. He's trying to go and by it's the... it's funny because he's one of the best shots. It's a great shot. No personality, though. Okay? As a kid watching that, I always knew I don't want to be yeah. that guy. I want to be a cool. I, and Stone comes up. They, they, they named him right, dude. Stone, bro. George Stone. He's Stone, And dude. Sean Connery pushes him just to see what Puts kind of man he is. Front Street, dude. In, insults the entire race, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm saying you're part of a no-good cheating race of people. Dude, he calls him a no-good dig of what, dude? And he pulls his gun on us. Yeah, it is 
slaps his clipboard out of his hands, dude. It is. And he said, I'd rather be a, a, or be a wop than a stinking Irish pig. <laughs> he puts a gun in his face, dude. Shuckers like, oh, that's I like he, him. That's what he needed. Like he wanted a fireball. Yeah. Stinking. I just were watching that as a kid going, I don't want to be Lansville McGee. Is, is when he's tells him he's part of the team and stuff, and he slaps him in the face, and he's smiling. The smile is like, smile. Goes, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it's so it's, funny, it's dude. So, it's so sincere. He's just like, it okay, is. that's cool. Um, I just knew. Okay, listen, good, better, ugly. You got to have confidence, man. I always, When I was a kid, I wasn't cool, but I always wanted to be cool. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to, like, I'm like, I want to be a cool guy, not a, not a nerd guy. It took me a long time to, like, I didn't realize, I tried to, like, fake it to be cool for a long time. You kind of just got to be okay with yourself and be who you are and claim it. Yeah, dude, you got to claim it. Because there's some people we know that are, ner like, like, nerdy, but they're cool because they're themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're not stinking bread. Nobody, nobody wants to be around carbon copies, man. No way. We used to have a friend in college. We had, a, we had there was like three Scott Johnsons in college, okay? And there was first Scott Johnson, another one, he became the new Scott Johnson. We had another one who was just this, just this lame-o, cheesy, artificial, and we called him the fake Scott Johnson. Pseudo Scott? So we had the, the, we had the, the, the new, the real, or the real, the new, and the fake, and he hated that nickname. There was three? There was three of them. And Moody? And Moody. Oosh. And he was the fake, and he hated it, dude. Did they have any nicknames? Who? I wouldn't know any of those, would I? No, that's, that's the guy that says you wouldn't know those guys. Okay, so that's small one. I'll get to the real one. Putting together a squad to whoop some A is awesome. Now. Dude, isn't that Razor's wrong, though? It kind of is. It kind of is. You get your, like, you know which guys to call. Yep. <laughs> it's like the town. Yes, it is. The speech to the guy. Listen, I can't tell you what we're doing. I can't tell or, you why. Or I can't, and I can't tell you why. You don't ask me why or something. And he's like, all I can tell you is we're going to hurt some people. And he's just like, Who's, whose car are we taking? <laughs> like, you know that's the guy you call when crap's going to go down. So tell me a story, Tony. Okay. <laughs> in my 20s I'm still friends with all these guys but I had a crew I ran with dude you guys were nuts and it was like every one of us could fight like that's nuts every one of us were very dangerous and we were a crew two of them were twin brothers covered in tattoos that are just animals. they're monsters dude animals dude and we would go... Twin brothers. Twins, dude. Twins. We're one of the greatest names on the planet. The Sanzig twins. They're legends. They're, they're out. We they would really go to are. bars. And it was only a matter of time before one person had a problem. And then it was like... It was just an excuse. One night... This is the Mr. B's night? We all go to Mr. B's. Oh, my gosh, dude. And this night, we weren't looking for trouble. You didn't know there's a guy making a name for himself in town. Well, it wasn't even that. It was a crew that was there. Unbeknownst to us, they go to these, they go to bars around the area and they start big fights. That was like their thing. Because there's a lot of them. 
Yeah, there was more than there were of us. Was there two carfuls? I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Because we had your van. We all fit in your van. That's why <laughs> you we went up. Jerk. And uh, so we're in the parking lot. And everybody's leaving. It's closing time. And there's this huge group in the parking lot. And just they're, waiting. They're just walking through and kicking cars and talking trash to people, calling people out. And everybody's just like, whatever. So they get in front of a van. And Sean O'Dell's driving. Oh, my gosh. But you got me, the Sanzigs. Bobby Howell, Jeff Carrico, Jason McDonald. I oh mean, we, we're we're gosh. we're loaded deep, dude. <laughs> um, but it's the Pro Bowl right here, dude. Your van with tinted windows, so they don't see the van loaded down. They they they're walking in front of the van. You know, they're talking trash, and Sean says, "Get out of the way." And then they all start walking over. What's that? What's that? And he says, "Get out of the way, you assholes." And then our side door opens. Jeff Sanzik gets out. He walks over and he tells again. So at this point, all their boys are coming over. So Jeff walks out there by himself. And me and Bobby are coming behind Jeff. Tim is coming out of the bar with Jericho and Anna. Tim's got a cast on his arm. Oh my And it's gosh. only a forearm cast. So Jeff tells the guy, if I was you, I'd turn around and get out of here. And as he's telling the guy that, the guy smokes him in the face. Sucker punches him. Boom. And it catches him. He's seeing stars, and he just looks at me and Bobby, who are coming out. And he's just like, get him. And then the doors, boom, we're out. Everybody's out. And, I mean, these guys are like, they're in shock. Like, oh, And, I mean, we're just mashing people, dude. They're just hitting the ground. We're going at it. And... In comes Tim from the back. He's clocking guys, clobbering them with his cast. You're just hearing this bink, bink, oh bink. Oh my gosh! And it was so. It was such a one-sided whooping. You guys crushed these guys. It was wasn't even a fight, dude. This guy ends up squaring up with me, who's supposed to be somebody. And you didn't know this until later. I didn't know this because uh, one of the guys that was with us. Knows him because they're from the same town. And that guy, I had him on the, like, we squared up. I hit him two or three times. He hits the ground. I do the ground and pound. Everybody started calling me Donkey Kong because I was hitting him with the bottom of my hands, like with the bottom of my fist. He's crying, screaming and crying. And while I'm on the ground, clobbering him, this dude comes running from behind me, one of his crew, and he's going to smoke me. I'm not even looking. He's gonna, it's gonna hurt, he's gonna dude. Smoke me, dude. I wouldn't have seen it coming. I would have been out. He's running at me. By this time, everything happens so fast. But by this time, Jeff Sands gets his bearings. He's back. He's back in it. He's already dropped like two guys. He sees the guy. I don't see this guy who doesn't see Jeff. And the guy's charging me, and he's gonna smoke me right before he gets to me. Jeff catches him with a right hand. Boom! And it was like. The, the guy's body turned to rubber. It was like not a bone in his body. He, he just collapsed to the ground. And, I, and it was so loud, I turned around and took a break from the beat, and I was given. And I look at Jeff, and Jeff gives me that, like, nod, spit on the ground. And I'm like, he just saved my life. So, long story short, police we, roll we, up. We have a whole audience out there watching, including all the bouncers. And we're out in the parking lot, so the bouncers can't touch us. Four cop cars 
Old County roll up. Lights on, spotlights on, and we're still in the middle of, of doing our thing. Beating these guys down. So they get all of our crew on the curb at gunpoint, dude. They had the guns out. I mean, we're on the ground, and we're all hammered, so we're just laughing. They got Tim. They're questioning Tim. And, uh, and I hear Tim just going off, and he's just like, who started it? And Tim's telling this guy punched my twin brother, and you don't know what it's like to have a twin. When I seen Jeff get hit, that was it. I lost it. And they're like, listen, listen, calm down. You know, we all thought we we're getting locked up. Oh, yeah. The cop says, listen, guys, tells everybody to sit on the curb. We're sitting there. Your van is still running by this. It's still running. We all tried to hop in, and they came in with the guns. I'm going to get out. So they said, listen, we've arrested this group. I can't tell you how many weekends in a row out here starting fights at the bar. And while they're having this speech with us, we're seeing them pull some of them guys out of the woods that were trying to escape, trying to get away from us, putting guys on gurneys, dude. Like, paramedics are getting these guys. And they said, listen, these guys go up. This is their thing. This is their thing. They go to the bar. They start fights. They beat people up. Tonight, they ran into the wrong group. Get a sober driver and get the hell out of here. None of us got arrested. That's unbelievable. It was the best bar fight I've ever been into. It was so insane, dude. Because we weren't the bad guys. <laughs> like It was amazing. They just ran into the wrong crew that night, dude. And we were, we were probably outnumbered 9 to 6, 10 to 6. Holy cow. It was crazy. It was amazing, dude. I remember my buddy Bobby Howell, who, the first punch he threw, it sounded like Indiana Jones whipped somebody. It was like, whoosh, whoosh. He's got these big bony hands, dude, and he hit this dude. I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm just brute force, so it sounds like hitting empty watermelons. <laughs> Here's mine. Here's my great fight story. I'm at Moody Bible Institute, and there's a guy from the south. His name, his name was Peach. I think name was, I don't know what his real name was. Everyone called him Peach. He's from Georgia? From Georgia. Oh, what a buster. This guy one day takes like a like a broom handle, tapes it all up with tape, writes N-word beater on the stick. You understand? Yeah. Walks around the dorms, see a black student, give him a smack with a stick. Not hard. Just kind of like a... Which is unbelievable that that happened for so long. It happened. And I knew a kid, an African-American kid in my, in my floor... And he's like, I, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't believe it was happening. He, he literally felt, he felt ashamed of himself not beating that guy down. Because he didn't know, he just like, I'm in a Christian school. I'm trying to be a pastor. What do I do with a guy like this? He gets expelled. He gets pulled up before the, like the, the jury stuff. They, like, they do a trial for him at the school kind of thing. They expel him. And his parents come and fight for him saying, listen, where we come from, this word's not a bad word. He didn't know how to make these kids feel. He's, we're sorry. Then they say, sorry, they're trying to... You know what I'm saying? Rich kid, stinking southern, racist piece of crap. Okay? Jeez. Expelled, he leaves. Come back a semester later, because he's expelled for one semester, he comes back. Walks around with his old crew like he owns the place, dude. Like, I'm back. Who cares? And, I, and we hated him. Me, and everyone there is so nice and loving. Everyone just kind of lets this guy be an idiot on the side. My crew. 
called me 10, right? We were jerks about stuff, dude. We were not, we were a bad floor. We were very immoral people, you know what I'm saying? Well, one day they're out there on the stinking plaza, one of their guys is playing guitar, and uh, girls are, and they, they have crew of girls that like them. I, I, we, we hated these guys. We have a water balloon launcher in the, in the, on our floor, so we get it out. And it's with those big bad boys. Yeah. So we, we're on the 10th floor. And we like we get ready. We have a whole bunch ready to go and start just bombing these guys. And they they scatter and run. And we're like, ah, ha, ha, ha. They're furious. From the 10th floor? From the 10th floor. Can we, you imagine how bad that hurt? Dude, we're shooting them. Got to be 200 yards at these guys. <laughs> it was, we were bombing them. Oh we were bombing them. So they confront us at dinner. Like, What's up with that? I'm like, listen. You were with this guy. We're going to get you, too. We point at Peach. Like, if you want to be with him, you're, you're not on our team, dude. We're against you. He goes, let's just settle this, man. He's like, let's meet in the plaza tonight, 10 o'clock. Well, we'll, 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 we'll wrestling match out in the plaza. You know, no, no weapons, no stomping, no, no damage forever. But you can throw some punches, but don't throw all everything you got. But don't, don't kill each other. You can throw some pain. I mean, that sounds great. And the base of the game was this. Get through their line to get to Peach. If you get through the line, you beat up Peach as much as you want. So we go there that night. Was Peach tough? No, he's a Why wasn't punk. he getting whooped on all over the place? He had his guards with him all the time. He always had this crew with him. These, his crew, it's hard. Like, I don't know how to say it, dude. It's like, how can you protect this piece of crap. I know. How do you believe he's so awesome? They did. They loved the guy. And one of the guys on his team was a kid who just liked to be a jerk. One of the worst people I've ever met in my life. Um, what was his name? Just, I don't know his name. We meet at the Plaza 10, and there's all, it's all my old crew, okay? It's the Todd Fathers out there. Knuth is out there. There's some hard-hitting dudes. AC's there. He's not a fighter, but he's yeah. loyal. He'll die with you, you know what I'm saying? And we go up, there's like 10 of us and like 15 of them. And they pulled in some guys. Like, I, there's guys on their team I've never even seen before. Monsters. One guy looks like, looks like has a five-gun bucket for a head. You know what I'm saying? He's a ma- got six-foot-five, massive mountain of a man. Of course, they were probably like, Desto, you got him. Exactly what happened. <laughs> but you know what? Walking out of that, pl- even though we're, we're outnumbered, being next to these guys. Being with your boys, man, and you know you're going down together or you're being victorious together. That's dude, the best feeling. It ever. is a, it's an incredible, adrenaline, you're just like, you're 10 feet tall. Dude, it's crazy. You walk into like, I, I'll eat the world, dude. Yep. And you know what? I got my ever living head kicked in that day. Like legit, I couldn't, I, I couldn't walk off the, after the, we did a, it was a 10 minute fight. We said, when this thing turns, when the clock hits and it's over, the fight's over. We eat 10 minutes to hit this guy. But once this is over, no more looking at, no no, no, no more, we're selling, basically, we're, he's getting a free pass to this. And we're agreed, we're, the terms are good with us. A few of us got through. The Todd father got through once. I looked once and saw Todd, hand around the kid's neck, fist raining down, hellfire on him, dude. It was crazy. One of their guys, Justin, I think he's, I don't know what his name, just, just, this guy, man, I do. This guy. Good old boy. What he did was, didn't fight. He walked outside the perimeter and would spear guys in the back. The whole fight. What? Just a coward. That's all he How did. How did he not get snatched up? He, he was so fast. He'd just come in and hit you like he'd spear you, then roll off and run out again. 
and they walk around looking for another guy to hit. Jeez. This guy was brutal, dude. I, if I ever saw him in public, it'd be hard not to want to fight him right then. Um, there was a peach in public, it'd be hard to fight that guy again. I had to fight that big guy eventually. He was just, he was just wrecking us. Everywhere we'd go, we'd lose. So it was like, Ernesto, take that guy. So I couldn't, he, I literally ran up to him and tried to like, you know, engage him. And I knew immediately, he's stronger than I am. He's taller than I am. He's more leverage on me. I, so I just went to the ground with him. And I tied him up and we basically we just neutralized one another. Eventually he goes, he's like, dude, let's just, you know, let go. Let's go fight someone else. I'm like, okay, so we let you go and go up. At some point, I get speared by this Justin kid. He speared me from behind. I go down. I'm on the ground. A kid got guy jumps on me, dog pile style, so I can't get up. There's like two guys on me. The big dude sees me down, dude. And Steakin runs over to us. And Steakin just, just sumo flops on the dog pile, dude. I'm on the bottom. Oh, dude, no. The last fight. When do you? Dude, I had nothing. Like, it, my, I felt my chest compress. You know what I'm oh saying? Oh my god! Air's all I gone. I thought you were gonna say he came and helped you out, but he dude, didn't think it dude, took you out. I was out. Like, I had to be drunk off that field when the fight was over. But Straight up outsiders, dude. It was outsiders, and I thought for sure we're getting expelled for this. I'm thought for sure the police are coming. No one came. No one stopped us. The fight ended. We all got up. I went to our rooms. After that, we were cordial. The rest of the, our student career, we were there. But that was my, with my boys, had a good fight, loving life, dude. A, only a man would be <laughs> getting off on that, dude. Dude, dude. It was amazing. I was dating Angie, and she called me that. I call her every night. She calls me that night, and I'm, I, I sounded bad. She was mad. I'm like, we had a fight tonight. She what do you mean you had a fight tonight? Like, there was a fight. I told her what happened, and she didn't like it. Well, for sure, like, yeah. So you can't just be this way as a person. <laughs> you're, you're studying for ministry. You I'm like, say, mind your business, devil woman. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is that story of that stick made it the Chicago Tribune just two years ago. What? When Jarrett was in college, when Harmon was at Moody, some kid went into a stinking parking garage and spray-painted a swastika. Made a tribune for race activity at Moody Bible Institute, and it said there's been trouble here before, back in 2002, when a kid made a stick. That I'm like, oh, that was my us. Gosh, dude. And when it happened this time, there was a big old chapel meeting, and people cried, and they felt, you know, there's no safe space. Oh I'm my like, gosh. Man, it's different than how we handled it when we were in college. <laughs> And I'm not saying you be like us. I'm just saying that's what we did. I'm not saying you should be like us. I'm just saying that's how we handled it back 10, 15, 20 years ago. We're different, old. Different world. Like, the things I did in college are illegal now. It's like hazing and stuff. You can't do that crap no more. Um, so, yeah. So, that was, our, that, was my, that was my untouchable crew. That was my Elliot Ness and my... You had a good crew, man. It would do... Tatafa's a monster. Tatafa's a G. Knuth is a strong oh, guy. a fighter, dude. He's a brawler. We had some real strong dudes in our team, man. It was it was really fun. So yeah. <laughs> Todd Father, man. He's awesome. Awesome. He is Bruce Springsteen, dude. Legit. <laughs> He's 80 Springsteen is who he is. Yeah. Next month, the Red Room Theater, we have a choice. We have the vote we always have every single month. The vote's a t vote's a different one this kind of month. This is a different kind of vote. Here's what we got for you. The movies we have coming at you is Tony recommended this movie. What'd you recommend, Tony? 
The Crow, Brandon Lee. Cult it's a, classic. The last movie he makes, he dies on the stinking setup. On film. On film. Okay. Versus an 80s thriller classic, Flatliners. Is it 80s or is it 90s? Might be 91. Yeah, yeah, I think it might be. Kiefer, yeah, probably 90, you're right, 92, 93 even. So what's going to be? It's going to be The Crow versus Flatliners. Now listen, you listen to the podcast on the iTunes Podcast Store or on Spotify, okay? Like the show, you can leave a review. You can follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theater and on Twitter at Redrum Theater. As always, I'm Ernesto. And I'm Antonio. And we'll see you next month at the Red Room Theater.